This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Now, first of all, a very good morning to everyone. Thank you for being here each morning to read and pray Psalms together. Now, this morning, we'll be stepping back into the book of Psalms. In fact, we are going to enter book three of the Psalter, referring to Psalm 73 to 89. We'll be looking at Psalm 73, an individual lament. Let me start with a question. Have you ever been in a situation where your reality does not align with your expectation. Someone bought a beautiful wedding dress online and when it arrived, it turns out to be a clown costume. Or the slimming supplements that never works. Now, what if we expect a blessed life from trusting God, but end up living in the dump? Well, Christopher S. suggests that Psalm 73 really should be part of our regular diet in our prayer life. Because it is better to raise the questions and bring it before God than to doubt God in secret. So what is the central question of Psalm 73? Well, it is this. He says, Is God good, moral, and fair? Let me say that again. Is God good, moral, and fair? Now, Psalm 73 is a song by Asaph, one who trusts in God and yet experiences a mismatch between his expectation and his reality. As this is a longer psalm, we'll read it in four parts, beginning with Psalm 73 verses 1 and 2. Read along with me as uh, I read the psalms so that we'll be reading together. Psalm 73, a psalm of Asaph. Surely, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. Now, the psalmist named Asaph was standing between two groups of people. The wicked from verses 3 to 11, and the people of God, the righteous one, verse 1 and verse 15. We're not clear who Asaph was or who were the wicked? Book 3 of the Psalter seems to reflect predominantly on the Babylonian exile. Perhaps Asaph was writing on behalf of King David back in 1 Chronicles 6, before the exile in the earlier days. Perhaps he was writing about his own experience while serving in the sanctuary, in the tabernacle, or even the temple. Or perhaps Asaph refers to a songwriting community in the days of Israel's exile under the chains of the Babylonians. Who is Asaph? We are not completely clear. But what was clear was that Asaph declared in Psalm 73 verse 1, Surely God is good. But verse 2 quickly betrays what was really going through his mind and heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. The psalmist raised a question that many Christians, including us, might ask. We might ask, how is the goodness of God experienced by His people? I am His people, but I'm not experiencing goodness right now. 
And this question is often hijacked by the atheists and skeptics alike. They will say this. They will say, if God exists, if God is good, why is there suffering? By the cause and effect argument, they are actually saying this. Because there is suffering, either God does not exist or God is not good. Some of us might have heard from our friends these questions or may even toil with it in our minds. So because of the central question, Asaph's personal response in Psalm 73 now becomes crucially a corporate question. Being a leader of Israel, Asaph's response will be a declaration to God's people. Should we continue our song of faith? Let's read on the struggle of Asaph from verse 3 up to verse 15. Look at it and read with me. Verse 3, For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their, or his, people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how will God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. Now, Asaph begins with his honest answer. His feet almost slipped because he looked at the wicked and he envied them. The theology of verse 1, that God is good to the pure in heart, did not seem to work. Rather, those who mock God enjoy good health and great wealth. Look at verse 3. They were flourishing. Look at verse 4 and 5. They grew in pride to violence and even start to blaspheme against God, verses 6 to 9. And then people, perhaps even the Israelites, were drawn to the wicked and learned to mock God, verses 10 to 12. All this they do while enjoying life. Meanwhile, Asaph, who kept his heart pure and his hand innocent, verse 13, did not see the good promise right there in verse 1. Rather, he tasted affliction day after day after day after day. People were giving up on God and he was tempted to give up as well. Now, dear friends, perhaps this is how some of us might feel at times. That godliness, trusting in God, keeping his word, gives us no benefits, only trouble. Perhaps in our own experiences, we do see such contradiction between the expectation and the reality. Those faithful to God, who dress modestly, who do not use flirtish language, 
seems to miss out marriage opportunities, while those who care less enjoy life in style like James Bond or gets their Prince Charmings. Or those who speak truth, they live principled life. At work, they get branded as whistleblowers, while those who are principally flexible get promotion. Or perhaps you are someone who fight hard against sin and self-centeredness and constantly feel the weight of your sinful nature. And then you look out of your windows and wonder at those who hold on to subjective morality and they are smiling endlessly on every picture on social media, enjoying the pleasures of freedom from God. You may even have wondered what life would be like if you're not a Christian and you just follow your worldly desires. Well, friends, that is what the psalmist feels as he questions his faith in verse 13. He waits for the ideal life under God. He kept his hands innocent, but verse 14, his ideal is crushed every morning by the seeming reality his envious eyes tells him. Now, dear friends, these are real struggles. If we, like the psalmist, had sought to please God, it would be so tempting to just give in at times, to sit with the mockers and reject God. But Asaph refused to. And so verse 15 lends itself as a pivot to this whole psalm. Asaph said this in verse 15, If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. In some ways, that is the crossroad all Christians have to face. Will we tip over into unbelief and so walk and stand and sit with the wicked sinners and mockers when things go south? Or do we turn and look to God? How Asaph responds either ends the existence of the choir that will be singing or Asaph will lead them to sing in their faith. This happened in the life of King Jesus when Satan offers him the whole world if he will only bow down to him. But our Lord rebuked the wicked, saying, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Matthew 4. In saying that the Lord, our Lord Jesus, have refused to sit with the wicked, and his choir can continue to sing even today. Now, dear friends, Asaph's voice out of the temptation he faced, he, he voiced out what he's going through so that the choir knows they are not alone. The Israelites know that even their leader have to go through this. But Asaph's response also leads the choir to turn not away, but rather to God even more. And in the same way, you and I, we read in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, the things that our Lord Jesus have done. Let me read to you from Hebrews 4, 15. The writer says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. What Asaph did, what our Lord did 
in the face of temptation. They turned their face to God. Because it is by entering God's presence that Asaph and his choir, our Lord Jesus and us, his choir, can see most clearly from God's perspective to understand the ending of the wicked and the blessings of God's people. Let me read verses 16 to 24 slowly and we will follow Asaph in seeing with our spiritual eyes right to the end, not at midpoint, but right to the end. And we will not be following our physical eyes that cannot see past the next bend that might land us at the end of our life. Verse 16. Let me read this and you can read with me. Verse 16. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. That surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Asaph does not merely dream that the wicked will fall like someone, but he believes that God's judgment will happen. The same happened to our Lord Jesus on the cross. The mockery of the wicked was against him and his father, but he knew on the cross that judgment will come to the wicked if they are not forgiven by God. And Jesus proved God's word right when he rose from the grave. And you know what? As Jesus' choir, we will one day prove Jesus' words right when we too rise from our grave. Dear friends, we need to praise Psalm 73 in times of our struggles. We need to bring this psalm out in the open and to pray it between us and God. That we may come out of it in faith. Where evil plagues us, be it persecution, poverty, rejection, be it the lure of sinful desires, or the pain of physical illness, even early death, that we will look to our resurrected choir master, our King and our High Priest, Jesus. And as we do that, we can sing the words of verses 25 to 28. These words, 25 to 28, never fails to remind me personally of my uncle, who years ago died from cancer at 33 years old. He had gone through plenty and he was just coming out of it, just married a wonderful, God-loving wife. And his days were suddenly cut short. In his last days, our family were there constantly singing hymns with him. That was decades back. And one of his favorites was a Chinese song to the words of Psalm 73, verses 25 to 26. He would sing this every day. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Dear friends, whatever may plague you today, 
be it trials or temptations, whether it's suffering or that we have to look at premature death, we can hold on to our resurrected choir master. We can pray Psalm 73 honestly in our struggles and ask God to turn our eyes to the Blessed One, to our King who showed us how to delight in God's promise and word even when He walked through the darkest valley of the shadow of death. For verses 27 to 28 ends with seeing things from the eyes of eternity. So let me close this time inviting us to pray using these last two verses. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for us, it is good to be near you, God. We have made you, Sovereign Lord, our refuge. We will tell of all your deeds. So Father, please help us in our times of struggle that we'll look to Jesus, that we will not envy the ways of the wicked or follow the ways of those who mock you. Surely our Lord Jesus sings the words of verses 25 to 26 most perfectly on the cross. And we learn to sing under his banner. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray to you, O God, Father. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us this morning. As we close and as you go off for your day, I'd like to play you a song. Since yesterday, I played you a Hebrew song. This morning, I might as well end off with a Chinese song sung to the words of Psalm 73, 25 to 26. There are some lyrics in English to help those who would understand uh, Mandarin. So with that, we'll see each other tomorrow.
Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.